This is part two of a three-part series featuring Larry Winter from Winter and Scoggin CPAs. I had asked you earlier if you thought people you come in contact with sit down and do, I'll say annual, but planning, period, whether it's annual or every two years or twice a year. Um, I have to imagine most floor covering retailers don't sit down and say, you know, am I in the right place? should I look at my area that I've been serving all these years and how it's changed? I would have to imagine that doesn't happen all that frequently. Well, my medium-sized companies, typically we're having two or three in-depth planning meetings a year. Really? Okay, December, not January. Okay, yes, it's not based on full data, but this is a time when people uh, can stop and think, except for retailers. The retailers, it's in January, okay? But non-retailers uh, in December, retailers in January. And then again, when the, all the tax stuff is in, uh, typically in uh, late March, uh, early April, we have another one, and then another one typically uh, in early September. Uh, you know, how are we doing based on the plans that we created earlier? Are we, we on track for that? Now, for our small businesses, it typically is centered on one significant visit a year when they bring in their tax stuff. Uh, and, and it's funny, uh, <laughs> I tell my clients, whether we have what I refer to as a drive-by shooting, that's where the client pulls up to our front door, leaves the car running, leaves the door open when he exits the car, comes racing through our front door, throws this bag of documents at the receptionist and says, here's my stuff. Tell him to call me if he's got any questions and runs back to his car. That tax return costs just as much money and sometimes more because I had to figure out stuff you could have told me than the person who comes in and sits down and has a conversation where we can look at the numbers, get answers to the questions. You're supposed to know more about your business than I am, right? And if it's the other way around, right there is a problem. And uh, uh, we're going to end up with better results. But I absolutely, and I appreciate everybody. Some people can't deal with it. And so am I willing to accept them as clients? Absolutely. Do I value them as clients? Absolutely. Are they getting full value for what they're paying for? Unfortunately not. As you were talking, I was thinking, um, what products are selling? What products aren't selling? What's my inventory look like in the bag? Um, uh, where are the problem areas? Where are margins low? Where are margins acceptable? Uh, I have to imagine that without the software that we talked about a minute ago, those questions are awfully hard to answer, at least in a time period when you can do something about it. With only one exception, I agree. The one exception is when they take their annual inventory, if they merely when they're pricing it out, write down the date of when they bought it. That at least gives them an aging. And everything else, unfortunately, is true.
you know, they're operating their business on the Braille system. And maybe that worked, okay? We have a lot of people that are, that uh, have vision problems that, you know, they cope in the world we live in. But I think every one of them would say that uh, it would probably be easier to function in a sighted world. And, you know, again, those that don't have tools, they're not operating in the sighted world. Their competitors uh, have vision and they don't like it. They, they lack it. Well, and I guess next year, the year after, the year after, it's going to get progressively more difficult to do that. I mean... Well, that's why I said that if you're not investing in it, you're, I think, making a conscious decision to not be here three years from now. Okay, that, that's exactly right. Well, it, it, I mean, it would seem like what's selling, what's not. That means, okay, we need, to, we need to get some new product in here. Very likely we need to get some new suppliers. Perhaps the suppliers that we're using now or the decisions we're, we're making, one or both, don't seem to be right. Our retailers to go to shows like Vegas where they can see what the entire industry is showing. There's also some tremendous uh, opportunities to go to meetings with others. Mm -hmm. Maybe you even talk about, should I be in a floor buying group? Am, am I the right size where that makes sense for me? But these seminars and this opportunity to learn from others of, the, of your peers within the industry, that's what's going to keep you healthy, invigorated, showing and carrying the right profit. Now, I know every single salesman that's coming to see you knows everything about your business and your customer, and he would never, ever be trying to sell you something that didn't niche to your customers perfectly. But in the off chance that perhaps he might be being told by his superiors, look, see if you can't unload this. We need to move this out of inventory because it's not selling. Do you want to be the one who's buying that? If you're blind, you could. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great example. You know, another thing, uh, and I, I understand that credit is not being utilized by a lot of retailers like it might be, uh, meaning that they're not closing sales that they likely could or they're not being able to upgrade some customers uh, like they might if they offered the, rec the right cr credit package. I guess that's a good time now to reconsider what you're doing credit-wise and maybe establishing um, a different relationship with the lender. Well, uh, not only with your local lender, but let's, let's expand our vision just a little bit more. Okay, there are programs of, uh, available to people within the industry from people who understand the industry. And perhaps your bank or financial institution, you're their only flooring uh, customer. So they're not going to know a lot about what your needs are. Again, that's why you need to be at services. Okay, by the way, I don't get a commission on tickets sold for people who go there. But you need to go where the industry is, where you can sit down on seminars and talk to people that are doing these things where you can learn from people with products specific to your industry. And you might be bringing back something where you're the first in your area, and now you've got a tremendous competitive advantage over and above your competitors 
because they don't have the newest. You know, this is a, this is a great time to sit down and rethink what, what you're doing. Um, a couple of situations in this industry, the big box players have pretty much built, for the most part, all the stores they're, they're going to build in the United States, and they're focusing a great deal with their online activities. The major online players are looking at, or will be looking at, uh, floor coverings and setting up new channels of, of distribution we don't deal with now. All of this is really designed to take share away from the independent floor covering retailer. The time to rethink your whole operation, I think, is, is a good one. I talked with a major retailer, had him on the air uh, last week out of Wisconsin, and uh, they have added, this is over the last couple of years, cabinetry, desktop, or uh, countertops, and because a local appliance operator went out of business, have now added appliances. And I think have basically expanded their base, bringing more people into, into the store. I'm not saying everybody ought to be looking at taking on these new lines, but I think they, they, have, to, they have to rethink that anyway. Well, I especially like the phrase rethink. Um, client in a very different industry. A lot of competition from online retailers and big box stores. Okay, what he did was he went into their store, viewed their online stuff, compared their pricing to his pricing for identically equal items. And he said, you know, I can't compete with him. I said, great, that's the first good decision. He said, I said, now, what can you do that they can't? Oh. Well, I can provide service that they can't. They're going to rely on me for service. I said, okay, so service is important. What else? Well, in my particular industry, um, there are imperfects that have blemishes. And to most households, these imperfects with blemishes are totally acceptable because this item, when it's in their house for six weeks, is going to be imperfect and have a blemish anyway. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the big box and the online can't sell those. But I can, and I can do it at a price more than competitive to the big box. And so they ran with two, those two items, okay? And they're, I mean, now, what they were selling that had a blemish came with a warranty, okay? But they added to it, okay? No matter what, it's guaranteed for 90 days. Okay, well, almost all, like 99% of it was covered by the manufacturer's warranty anyways. But do you think that meant a lot to the customer? I know who you are, I know where you are, I know you respond to my phone call. This is going to be a hassle-free thing for me. And not only that, after 90 days, if I have a service problem, who am I going to call anyways? So their service business went up, and they stayed strong in product. Now, we need to rethink. 
Yes, the big boxes have great strengths. They also have weaknesses. Play to your strengths, not theirs. Mm -hmm. This is going to conclude the second part of a three-part series. It features Larry Witter, winner in Scoggin CPAs. We'll air the third and final part of this series tomorrow. This is Floor Radio.